Yeah, it's called Conversations with Jeff, not Screaming Matches. Yeah, yeah I, 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 you and I do not agree on Calvinism. But look how nice we are to each other. I think it's going to really shock a lot of people, thrill a lot of people. A lot of people are going to have to do some soul searching. It's like, you know what? What are you doing? You're spending all your time trying to destroy another Christian because you don't understand what's going on mm-hmm. when you should be out there winning people for Jesus. Right. Thank you for the job you're doing. Thanks for being willing to address these kind of issues. They're vital to the church. I feel sorry for what's coming your way, but God bless you, man. It's, it's a good, healthy conversation, and, and let's keep growing together in the Lord. People won't change unless they hear the truth, though, and so we need to know the truth, uh, speak the truth, and then the last one I would say is that we need to stay in the truth, uh, no matter what the consequences are. Okay, everybody, welcome to today's episode of Conversations with Jeff. As you guys all know, we've been uh, putting out a new episode every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, we're going to keep that going into next week as well. Uh, just to give you guys a preview of what we got coming next week. Uh, we're, again, we're going to be going every day uh, on Monday. We've got uh, Judd Saul. That he's going to be at 9 a.m. Um, Pacific time. And then on Tuesday, we're having back Michael Johns, who was the co-founder of the Tea Party. So we're going to be looking a lot at a lot of uh, the government's response to the coronavirus from a conservative Tea Party standpoint. So that'll be a very interesting conversation as well. So make sure you guys tune in for that. And then I'll, I'll be announcing uh, some more guests as we confirm them for later on in the week as well. Um, and then just as a reminder as well, we do have our membership program for the GK. Uh, it's called Plugged In. If you guys go to gatekeepersonline.com slash plugged in, you guys can check that out. Uh, you're going to have exclusive access to the recording of the Destroy Social Justice Con- or, yeah, Destroy Social Justice Conference. Uh, you'll have uh, talks from both Sam and I from the Stand Against Marxism uh, Conference. You get 30% off in the uh, GK store for any resources that we carry there. And then you're also going to be getting our weekly devotional that we're sending out, uh, which is called 12. And we're taking a a different topic every month for a devotional, really dive into God's word, really help you, which which is great as well right now with the coronavirus and everybody's at home and staying in God's word and that sort of thing. So uh, make sure you guys check that out. Again, gatekeepersonline.com slash plugged in. Head on over there and uh, you guys can get more information about that. Uh, really excited about uh, bringing Dustin Faulkner back. He's the uh, host of Battlefront Southgate here on the GK Podcast Network. Uh, but welcome back, Dustin, and glad we could sit down again and we'll catch up because there's so much in the news. There's always something new to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's good to be back with you, and it's just so good to be in front of everybody who is having to stay at home unwillingly. Yep. Yeah, and, you know, and, and at, you know, as Christians, but then also conservatives, this is a really interesting time, I think, because you know we're we're seeing where you know we're we're not legally allowed to go to church in a lot of places. Uh, we're now you know in you know most places now we have to stay we have to literally stay at home unless it's for a, like an essential uh, you know errand run, whether it's like the grocery store, or the bank, you know, specific things. Uh, but this is really unprecedented times right now. Yeah, you know, it's just. A lot of people are scared of 
this illness. <laughs> I just, I, I can, I can feel for some people, uh, but I just, I can't imagine the hysteria behind it. And I just, it, it's incredible that how easily people will give away everything just to not get sick or to have somebody rescue them that's not themselves. And I just find it incredible uh, how many people I've seen, Jeff, that are supposed to be staunch uh, constitutionalists uh, go as far as talking about um, locking down and, and making government officials do this to one to everybody. Uh, and it's not that we shouldn't want to take care of each other, but um, it, or have maybe a reasonable suspicion of a virus. But it just is. It I find it um, very scary for the future. Uh, how we're going after this to treat one another? Um, I don't know if you know you if, if everybody out there has listened to anything I've ever said on on Southgate, but. I have expressed concerns about um, lockdowns of Christians and, and Jewish people again, that, uh, you know, because most certainly we've had Ilhan Omar uh, talk about things like that. Bernie's been caught talking about that. Uh, th and this was all before this pandemic that we've had people talk about this and you then you have that several million dollar uh, complex that she was trying to build there in Minnesota. And I, then I watch people now, um, right after we had finished our connected program uh, and, you know, we weren't on a, a forced quarantine, so to speak, quarantine of healthy people, by the way. Uh, but there was a recommendation. Then right after that, there were people who were playing basketball. And not that I recommend you go out there doing this. Uh, let's just not unnecessarily terrify people right now. People are weak, uh, just out of fear. It's crippled a lot of people incredibly. But there were people calling police on them already. Already, without any order there to mandate that they were breaking any law. Just so that mentality and that belief systems already put in place now i think that we did pose that question on our connector we went through a lot of things it's a lot to remember uh recommend everybody to be plugged in and go and see that uh, that was a very good program for everybody to learn uh, information on but uh, it the question was posed to me that if you if it was a lockdown and then you saw people gathering like let's say a home church maybe uh, would you call the police on them? And they were already during our conference here uh, in Tyler. One of the questions was asked about where they could go to turn people in. Already, that was a question of importance. And I was asked if I would ever do that. Um, I even took some polls on this thing. Absolutely not. I'm not going to turn people in. Uh, I, I recommend that you guys don't put yourselves in that position. Uh, follow the authorities. Uh, it's it's a bad thing they're locking us down, but it, um, it's not anything that's going to totally harm you personally. 
that you can't at least just get through this. But I would never call the cops on the citizens who want to gather together and be with one another uh, with this large families. So I think that uh, we're, we are in interesting times. And as I see, Jeff, the landscape has been changed for good now. I don't think we can come, go back from this. I think this is a test run and it's only going to get uh, used as more excuses now. Oh, the Republicans did it and, and they have. Uh, now we can do this. Yeah, well, you know, and I think that that's the important thing to remember, especially with everything that we're seeing going on right now with the news and uh, in the political world and all of that is that um, is that this is no longer uh, Republican versus Democrat. This is, this is conservatism versus progressivism. This is small government versus big government. It's 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 a battle of ideologies not necessarily a battle over political parties. And that's something that I think that we need to remember as we're, as we're dealing with a lot of these issues is that this comes down to what is your worldview? Do you see, do you want our country to be constitutional? Do you want your freedom? Do you want your liberty? Do you want to be able to make decisions that you feel are best for you and your family? Or do you want the big government to be making that decision for you? And I think that that's something important to remember because like obviously like right now, I mean, obviously, you want to stay your distance away from people. You want to stay at least six feet away. You want to follow those certain precautions. But then you start then you start getting into the constitutionality of does the government have the right to tell you not to peaceably assemble? And that's where some of this gets into a constitutional uh, decision on okay, is this okay or is this not okay? And I would make the I would make the argument that right now what we're seeing right now is a big power grab by the federal government and even by local governments that's very dangerous for the future. Right, right. I agree, and I think that uh, as we're going into the issues of uh, big government, which seems to have definitely overtaken everything, um, uh, you know, I think that we need to remember something that, that Ben Franklin said. Right, uh, that. Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. And that is the fact is you all can make your own safety. And as we've said many times on your program, as we've said, uh, other other people like Shu have said, um, that you just put a reasonable amount of information out there. And then this information can be used for everybody to make informed decisions on what to do. Were there people who will, see, this is a thing that people should think about. And I think this is where everything's just gotten really crazy. Here we've chosen to lock down ourselves. Businesses made decisions to close before they were forced to close because they deemed that this could be a safety issue. All right, so what do they do? Well, they shut down temporarily, then we'll send our people home and then we'll try and get through this for the next two weeks. And it's been two weeks guys now um as we were told once you guys start doing that you're going to start having officials wanting to push it forward and uh once it starts in one area other ones are going to get the idea and it's going to pick up momentum and so what happens there now we're forced in another two weeks and i'd say everybody used to find that a little bit peculiar now you started seeing um essential worker papers being handed out before this happened uh, and if anybody like me was out there saying, hey, you guys need to watch it. They're about to lock us down. They're about to do something. Uh, and then you get backlash. It's all you're spreading rumors. You, it isn't rumors if you're making a, uh, an, an informed uh, opinion about something because of what's going on in the other areas. And 
is it any any um, surprise to people out there that here in uh, Smith County supposed to be the uh, epicenter of conservatism in East Texas that uh, they waited until that that crazy uh, COVID nineteen relief stimulus bill or whatever was passed shortly after what happened boom they issued the order and that's because nope well look guys now you have uh, twelve hundred dollars or whatever coming to you. Uh, which purchases absolutely nothing, um, you know. Um, but uh, I, I think that you really need to start looking at these things. That uh, uh, where is the little government anymore? And what have you guys done now to yourselves that you've chosen this security from Big Brother over your liberty to choose what is safety to you and, and other people around you? Yeah, and and, and again. I get from the pragmatic standpoint where Republicans are coming from in like in this two trillion dollar you know stimulus bill of trying to you know get money in, keep things going during uh, during this downtime and things like that. From the pragmatic standpoint, I get the logic behind what they're doing. But then the question becomes: Is this a bad precedent to set moving forward for future crisis? And I think that that's the problem that I think a lot of us are concerned about is it isn't necessarily was this the right decision for this specific instance. It's what does what is this going to say about the future? And you know, and I think we can also take a look at that when it comes to like the DOJ attempted power grab of trying to waive our constitutional rights and waive due process during during an emergency time. And I think that that again that's a concern because it seems like what. Uh, what these people in the federal government are trying to do is gain more power, use a crisis for their advantage into the future and make permanent things when it should maybe at most be a temporary power grab. But even then, maybe we shouldn't even be making that power grab as the federal government. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think that we need to be making any any power grabs. However, that's already happened now, hasn't it? Um, we, We see now that See, when you give anybody in these uh, positions uh, any kind of, of power to tell you what to do, you no longer are making decisions for yourself. And at that point, and now you have to go through all this bureaucracy uh, in order to exercise any freedoms if they're going to allow you to have that. And uh, what was uh, some of the things that we have spoken about? Uh, if I have my screens about um, theocracies and controls of such things like that. Well. It goes the other way too. That now you have um, the uh, leftists and, and the and the communists, and, and then we're not just talking about them in Democrat form. It's both sides. Uh, there's leftists and communists and socialists inside of the Republican Party, and it's because they, you take control of both sides, and there's no one to oppose you. This was something that uh, it was laid out in a Brave New World, uh, the book that was written uh, some time ago. Uh, can't remember off the, the top of my, my head right now. And then there was also laid out in Carol Quigley's book, uh, uh, Trage- Tragedy and Hope, um, where they he, they described to be able to take control of both sides, that nobody will oppose you. So you just throw the one guy out and the other guy's still there to replace it. So uh, we have these people that have uh, essentially made a power grab in a crisis. And this is something that uh, I'm uh, recording currently for a Southgate episode. It's probably going to be more than one. It's pretty in-depth 
uh, as I've been researching some of the things that was happening, if you go and look back at some of the things that was, uh, uh, I think that a lot of this has, has been orchestrated in preparation for doing something like this. And, and the reason that I say that, Jeff, is that uh, you go and look at some of the scenarios that was done in New York in 2010 uh, for the, uh, I think it was scenario 201. And what they did there is they prepared for such a thing as a pandemic. And, you know, most everybody can reasonably be scared of getting sick. And then, especially when you introduce all of these unknown viruses uh, into the communities, and then there's an uncertainty built around because we have this hysteria. Uh, we're constantly bring, being brainwashed on TV. We've been prepared for this moment with shows like The Walking Dead uh, to these uh these apocalyptic TV shows, and, and not to have anything against those, I, I like I like that kind of stuff myself. The whole fantasy aspect, but it's fantasy to me. But you can't get me wrong that uh, it's been a preparation for those who don't think logically, rationally, who don't normally do any research, doesn't don't listen to anybody, uh, and they marginalize and, and and call you a conspiracy theorist just because you raise a question. Uh, and I, but anyway, in that scenario two hundred one. I was watching some of these things, and and, and they got, uh, I believe it was 16 world leaders together. Uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, that uh, was uh, the Johns Hopkins uh, University. Um, it, keep that one in mind, guys. Uh, where is everybody getting their information from? Uh, the coronavirus is some of that stuff. And they, uh, they, they prepared for this pandemic, and the pandemic was so that you could be able to gain control of everything. And they did... They did these, got them at this uh, sort of roundtable thing, and then they all acted this out uh, to uh, be in preparation for it. And they did some of these like news things, right? And in those news things, it looked exactly like what the news looks like today about it. And the news things was how the information that they put out in order to make people uh, go and 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 want to shelter in place, and then they were saying that in those videos. Guys, this was 2010, and they were saying that in these videos. Uh, I'll be presenting some of that on the program, and where well, you'll be able to hear it and see it. Uh, but it sounded exactly like you hear right now with the media that uh, they were talking about. It was worse than the flu, and there were people walking around. That and they even called it the coronavirus. It was called caps. Uh, and it was called the novella uh, coronavirus in that uh, scenario. And it looked exactly like when you're watching the news. And so what they were saying in there was, uh, you might have it and you don't know you have it. And then it starts out as a little sniffle and then you're going around uh, touching people. And the, what was the thing that they said in there? It will be in, in, in that uh, news feed scenario that they did, it will be worse than the 1918 flu epidemic. Uh, and what's the thing that's been used uh, to push through this fear of it is, oh, everybody's going to die. So much more are going to die from this than happened in 1918. And then they start locking all of the businesses down. And so what happens now is they knew that you could create a hysteria through the media. And then they they knew that the steps it could take as world businesses, because uh, there were people that were from NBC Universal there. Uh, there were people that were from... Uh, Marriott, uh, there were people from uh, the China CDC was one of the people, uh, the U.S. CDC, uh, Australia CDC, you know, 
not to get, keep going here, it's a, it's a lot of information, but it all sounds exactly how they prepared in their group to push today. And we, I have said that I expected this to happen uh, pretty close to this. I thought it was going to happen something similar last year, uh, and I thought it was going to be more of a financial collapse. But however, uh, what are we looking at, a financial collapse? But they used something else in order to do it. And I think that's what we're looking at. And we're, now the private grabs uh, have happened again. So now we have things that, what are we going to do? Another Patriot Act sort of thing. Uh, I think we'll be seeing stuff like that. Especially, as they always say, we're going to do it for two weeks and then we'll re-examine it again in another two weeks. So what are they going to keep doing? Push this down like uh, over there for months now? Where uh, What did you say? The LA mayor uh, was talking about that mm-hmm. for months? Yep, yeah, pro- 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 probably probably a couple more months is, is is what he was talking about. Yeah, yeah. See that that's a problem, man. Uh, I, and 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 the fact that you see the majority of people actually not pushing back against it, they're they're willing to just okay. Now they they is what have they done all of this time to us? Is they caused both sides of all of us to start fighting? that we all begin to start not wanting to fight anymore, that we lose the ability to have a fire in our stomachs and a courage to speak and are tired of fighting with one another, that we just accept what they put in place. And I believe we're seeing that now coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. Now, now uh, we've, we've got a couple of questions on uh, on Facebook uh, comments. So I was just, I was going to um, ask some uh, for you. So Chris Harris said, um, I th- he was quoting something that you were just saying. What they they used something else? Are you saying our government unleashed the virus, or that the virus is a hoax? I would not say that the virus is a hoax, but some of the research that I have been uh, looking into uh, it does show that there might have been an intentional release there uh, in Wuhan uh, it, uh, into the China areas. Uh, they did allow. 7 million people uh, to leave the shores after knowing about it for at least a month. They did not lock anything down. They knew that there was uh, the, the how contagious it was. Uh, so what happens is it went out to the other countries. A lot of them weren't able to contain it because of socialized medicine, like we're seeing the unprecedented deaths of people, the Italians over there. Um, and there, uh, it came from the Wuhan shore there. I would say that I don't believe that our government has released this upon us, uh, I, but I do believe, uh, as I've, I'm looking into stuff, that there is a, a strong possibility that you have corporations and, and world leaders that have been preparing for such a thing, and because that was released, there's still more information that we all need to look into, but uh, they are able to, with their lobbyists and, and, can, and uh, the other people in, in government, uh, use this to... Uh, uh, achieve their means and their ends. Uh, now, remember, you need to research all of this on your own. Uh, don't just take my word for it. Uh, just look at the things that I'm, I'm trying to present, and uh, you make the informed decision of yourself. Uh, these right now are my opinions right now. They could change, uh, of course. I'm, what I'm doing is I'm trying to disseminate all of the information that I can, just as everybody else. I would not say that our government went and threw a virus into everything and planned this. I don't believe that. No, no, sir. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and for everybody as well, you know, keep keep posting questions and stuff on Facebook because that kind of help you know it helps us to know what you guys are thinking. If you guys want more of clarification and that sort of thing, uh, one of the other questions that's on the Facebook comments is is dealing with this idea of our liberties and freedom versus uh, pr- protecting it and uh, and saving lives of the people that are, are around us. And I feel like that that's a big debate that's going on with with even a lot of Christian leaders right now is you know you've, you've got some that are saying we should have these big government solutions because that's actually saving lives and, th- and that's loving your neighbor, right? And then you've got you know other uh, Christian leaders that are saying you know we we need we need to be promoting freedom and liberty and not you know pushing for these big government solutions. And so how how do we find that balance between loving our neighbor but then also uh, you know fighting for freedom and liberty? Where where is that balance there? The balance in that would be that you do have elected officials because we are in a republic that you elect to make the proper decisions when we are in issues like this. That's why now when we're seeing how these people act, especially what we just seen with the stimulus plan, uh, there was not very much in there, even if anything that said, uh, and I'm, it's still huge. A lot of it's not even been made completely public, but from what I've seen in there, it's a bunch of pork and a bunch of stuff that's taken care of, uh, a lot of their organizations. Uh, if you would go to Southgate, uh, the immigration warfare series, and then listen to how some of the things I've been talking about, all of the refugees, uh, you will see uh, that one of the things that they put in there was to uh, put more money into the refugee resettlement programs, which they have been trying to do for quite some time. So now, because we see those, that's an example quickly there, that we see that we've elected these people or you didn't elect them and people around you did uh, that we need to be electing people that make better decisions. Now, having a love for your neighbor and then not wanting to get them sick is a a very good concern. I believe that uh, that's why if if you might have heard, I said earlier that we were choosing many of us to stay in place or not frequent areas as often as we would be. Loving your neighbor would be to follow the you know proper guidelines you would with any sickness to wash your hands, uh, to uh, maybe keep the distance with the with each other. Now, if you're not sick, don't go out there wearing the masks. They've told you not to do that, uh, and to maybe not frequent so many places that you were before. Make that decision based on your discretion. And a lot of us were doing that here. Many many people now. Uh, a lot of evidence has shown, guys, that the virus is still spreading even then. I think that even with the lockdowns, people are going to get it eventually. I just I really see that happening, even with how we were doing lockdowns here uh, willingly. Uh, that And that was a concern for other people. I was concerned about it. I, I, as I, I, you might have heard if you were listening to Connected, I uh, told the that my wife's considered high risk by their standards. She's not somebody who can uh, would be a good idea for her to get sick if it's all really uh, factual about what's happening with that stuff. But yes, I think that there is a fine line between caring for your neighbor and then allowing the government to go out there and then and then knock you down. And that's where you see a lot of the Christian people who they are making conscious decisions to distance themselves, to not 
go and do things for two weeks as they've been recommended to, which is a great idea to recommend. You're going to have people going out there doing these things no matter what. In fact, even with some of these stay-at-home orders, you're going to see people still trying to go out there and, and, and do stuff. Now, I do recommend now that they put those in order. Uh, you need to follow those orders and not be rambunctious. Raise a shout about them and make sure people know that you disagree with them, but definitely follow them because it's not totally harmful. There's nothing you can do about it now. You don't need to be going to jail because that's not the best issue. We Let this get past the two weeks or wherever you are, and then we'll start doing something about it. But uh, keep in mind, though, that the government is not your daddy and your mom, and we don't need them to be telling us what to do because when you start telling them what to do, then there's going to be a lot less liberty for you to make decisions to care for others because then they'll take everything and tell you what to do. There's nothing left for you to be charitable with and for you to show that you care. And what witness are you to anybody when you're being told what to do by the government officials uh, and then it doesn't like you're just being charitable, you're being obedient to them. And um, how many times that even if they do make one good decision to that, that seems like, like good, uh, then – the next one's going to be worse because they already have that ability given to them. And there's always that concern. And so the next one's going to be, well, we know what's good for you. Look what we did for you last time. And then they institute things like, oh, well, you're 80 years old. You don't need to have the right to be in the hospitals. It's better that for the whole everybody else that we just don't treat you. Uh, we all start seeing things like that. When you give away one right, uh, in, in order for safety, there's other rights that are potentially at risk. And so I think that the best thing to do is to uh, try your best not to allow government intervention and choices that we should all be reasonably making ourselves. Yeah, well, you uh, know, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I think and I'm trying to and I'm trying to figure out what, which country this was um, here. Let me just pull this up. So there was a country in Europe and I'm trying to remember which one it was. Um mm-hmm. But they're they're a single payer healthcare uh, country, right? And so you know, obviously, they're dealing with an overflow of people that are going going into the hospital. And um, and if I can find it, I'll, I'll pull I'll pull it up a little bit later, and I'll let everybody know what country it was. Uh, but but basically, what what they've been doing is they've been essentially rationing healthcare, and they and they've not and, and if they, they what they've been saying is that if you're over sixty years old. You're not going to get the care that you need because they need to save their medical supplies and the health care for those that are younger uh, because they still have their whole life to live. Whereas if you're older, you've already had you've already lived a great life. And that's been one of the big arguments against single payer and, and against, uh, you know, Medicare for all and all those kinds of things. And in the people like Bernie Sanders and AOC and that crowd that say, oh, that would never happen. That would never happen. Well, it's happening. So, you know, e- e- even even within this crisis, one of the things that we are seeing is evidence, um, you know, for a more capitalistic um, ideology when it comes to health care versus single payer and, and socialism. And I think that, that that's an important uh, point that we should be pointing out right now. Yeah. And I think the country that you're either referring to, it's either, it's either Sweden or Norway. I think mm-hmm. it might be Norway. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think that um, that. That, that, that's a very good uh, uh, fact that you made there, Jeff, because, uh, we, you know, you, you walk a fine line of uh, showing charity through government, which we know isn't really charity, it's force. Uh, and uh, true, true charity 
comes from the individual. It comes from uh, the love of, of people around you because we want people to be taken care of. But that's that's we, we do. I don't want to see anybody get sick. I think, you know, we just need to really just take recommended precautions. And I don't think that you're doing anybody justice by panicking. Uh, as Christians, we need to be we need to be out there leading uh, the charges of how we should act in, in these these times. And that is that, you know, that Jesus Christ is in full control of everything. Uh, everything happens as his choices are made. And uh, have your faith that in the end things, things work out for the good of his. And so uh, when you walk in that way of faith, then you'll be more uh, charitable in the ways that you, you walk. Um, and, you know, you certainly just, you don't want to allow uh, uh, bodies of government to uh, make what's called charitable uh, choices for you because government's charity is not the same as an individual's charity. It's not <clears throat> so much a love, but more of a demand. So, uh, I'd be careful myself about uh, believing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I was just looking up, and I believe I believe it's actually Italy, uh, you know, which is kind of oh. the, the epicenter out there, out there in Europe uh, when it's dealing cr with coronavirus. Um, mm -hmm. But but I th I think I think another aspect of this too is I I think that what we're seeing right now, the good that we're seeing in the response to coronavirus, is that the capitalistic uh, freedom and liberty mentality of America is actually doing a lot of good. And I think we're seeing that with a lot of the the businesses and the corporations that are setting that are stepping up and now they're making ventilators. Now they're making the masks. Now now they're they're actually manufacturing a lot of the stuff here in the United States and they're stepping up and actually providing results a lot better and a lot more effectively and probably a lot cheaper than what the government could or would be able to do. And I think that that's evidence of the fact that if we allow our people and we allow our our uh, our companies to actually fill the needs instead of automatically jumping onto uh, we need the government to do something. We actually get things done quicker, better, and more, and more effectively and more cost effective uh, than if we're just like, hey, big government, uh, do this for us. Right, because uh, you know, as it, something that I say is unleash the private sector, don't seize it, and that's just because as it is, is that it's the individual. When people have an incentive to profit in some way and it by doing uh, producing something they tend to make a better product anyway than being told that they have to make it uh they'll find better ways uh the government itself look at it as run inefficiently itself you have a bunch of people there that uh have never even tried to own businesses themselves they um biden's never himself he's been in politics since 29 he so he's never really gotten out there and done any anything in the private sector himself to produce anything. So he has no skin in the game. Uh, and when you have people out there who do have skin in the game, they have an understanding of what it takes to be able to want pe for people to want what they have. And uh, therefore things are done more efficiently because they'll know that, well, if I do it this way, it's going to cost me, it costs this much. I need to have it done this way. And this is how we could do, how we can be expedient, but also, uh, deliver good quality. So then when we have those things done in the private sector, it allows everything to be more efficient. Uh, we'll get it faster. It won't take so long because 
when you have government uh, doing anything, it always takes longer than it should. Uh, and I think that you're absolutely correct on that, that we've had people step up. Though I have concerns with some of them that did step up, uh, not GM, because to me, they they have largely benefited out of corporate uh, bailouts themselves and shouldn't even exist as a company to this day because of that. Um, and they weren't, they didn't even have to repay any of that. But, uh, and I think that we should all be really looking in, into that, how they were ready for, for stuff like this. It goes back to some of the things I was saying about corporations and world leaders. But, uh, however, there's still private, considered private sector. Uh, you got people there and, and they've all, done a pretty good job i think because we really need to be taking care of the medical staff no matter what anyway they've gone so long with all, all of these products due to, to the affordable care act which taxed the uh, medical device sector into oblivion that they weren't producing these things so that goes along with how they weren't buying them but they also taxed them to where they weren't being produced because what happens in the private sector is you start uh, uh, taxing all of these things then they won't they're going to make decisions of profit to not produce as much. So uh, we're seeing the after effects of that. And I think that even though we have an issue with all of this being done, that we are able to, uh, everything's magnified that we can actually see what's been happening now, that maybe we can start coming up with the solutions of what we're going to prevent things like this from happening in the future. And this is, there's some good things happening with this, but it's all generally not, not really good, uh, pretty bad, but, uh, you actually, we can see some things and now people are going to step up after this. And then uh, obviously a lot of us are going to have plenty of time to plan because <laughs> we're stuck inside. Uh, so I think that's that's a pretty good thing um, in that aspect. So guys, I think we should come out of this uh, swinging. Uh, and I believe that many of you out there can. You are all very intelligent people because uh, nobody's going to get on programs like you and I are putting out and just sit there uh, when they could be watching uh, the uh, places like Hulu or something who are uh, putting out stuff that make them dumber. But uh, I, if people are listening to anything like this, they're trying to get a grasp on it and they're using the time to uh, intellect. So you guys are able to get out there and do something after this. And uh, I exhort all of you to, to take advantage of this situation. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, and uh, just kind of like piggybacking off of that a little bit is, you know, like I just had uh, on J.D. Rucker from Knock Report on my podcast a couple days ago. And one of the things that we announced is that we're working on this idea of the uh, American conservative movement of trying to get some sort of grassroots uh, movement going coming out of this whole coronavirus situation to really be pushing for true freedom and liberty and conservative values because we are seeing a lot of this uh, big um, you know big push from big government and that sort of thing uh, so if you guys do want more information on that you guys go to AmericanConservativeMovement.com uh, and check that out uh, but uh, you know one of the things that I did want to bring up to you as well is uh, you know one of the reasons why we you know delayed uh, this podcast by you know about a half an hour was you guys are now you know in your part of texas are now getting on lockdown um and so what what's going on out there because you know you know us us out here in california we've already we've already been on pretty much lockdown for for quite a while um but you guys are now you know you know having that enforced as well so what's going on specifically in in your neck of the woods um that's new for you guys okay well i'm still trying trying to get a grasp on it but um I think that we're looking into that the, they they actually don't call it a shelter in place order. They have named it stay at home order. Uh, and I could be wrong on some of this. I, I was 
going over that uh, at the same time getting ready for our show today but you know you're trying to listen intently to what they're saying and uh, they seem they, it just seems like they contradicted themselves a lot on the order uh, they're telling us they're going to arrest you <laughs> and fine you uh, for being out and you're not doing essential duties uh, you know because all of a sudden now only certain workers are essential workers uh, when they've uh, they've largely um, been you know uh used by other people to do that and uh but uh they have you, you can get these worker permits uh and they're telling us well if you can do business at home we're going to allow that well what's any business of that of yours if i could do my business from home or not because i'm doing it here already so now they're kind of overreaching there but they always try to flower it a little bit with uh but you know uh, we're not trying to enforce that. We're just trying to make sure that – I think that he also um, he also said that they're not going to have uh, permits or, or something. Uh, he said that's a good idea to have something like that, but they're not going to enforce having permits, which – how are you guys going to enforce anything? Um, also, our parks and things are open, which to me sound like you could still go to the park and have fun. Uh, just don't play basketball. That was something that he said. Just don't play basketball. What is this stay-at-home order then? What are you doing here? Uh, you're telling so you're confused. It's confusing that uh, I could get fined and arrested for not being out doing essential duties, but the parks and everything are open. It's it's very confusing. So I still have to really look into it myself. Uh, it, there are, you know, like you have the retail workers are allowed to continue working. Um, there are other other things that are open that allow you to to do your essential tasks, uh, but everybody else, uh, it's being recommended slash mandated that you need to be staying at home. Uh, he called the shelter in place an order, something that sounded like tornado preparation, which is why they didn't use it. Yeah. I think the language is pretty clear <laughs> that they want you to not leave your house. Uh, so. It sounds to me like they say park are open, but they're going to start making sure, making you stay home. Uh, they're just trying to sound nice uh, on TV, but it sounds to me like they're going to start arresting people for generally being out. So I'm still not quite clear on, well, how are we supposed to do that? Do you need to go and get a pass so you make sure, you know, go and get your hall pass to make sure you're going to public, get a groceries and come straight back home, right? So I think that's a lot of things happening. Uh, Smith County has had 27 cases, uh, and they're like they said it's been in the last 48 hours. But there's in Smith County, if I could be wrong on this, but I think we're pushing pretty close to 200,000 people. So um, I, you know, it might be 170 to 200,000, something like that. 27 who are sick, and I think one death, and he was 91 years old, and that was probably. Uh, three and a half minutes away from me uh, at Hideaway. And uh, so I think that there's kind of this panic. They brought some of the uh, medical officials on, uh, and then we're talking about how you need all the stuff that we hear already. Uh, and uh, so I'm not, I'm not understanding about the whole order. He says that uh, they will start enforcing it on businesses, so that means that they will go into businesses and then – uh, make them stop. I'm thinking they might issue a warning for the first couple of days. That sounds, he made it sound like, but 
I think it was the county judge. Um, and then they'll be enforcing uh, uh, everything after that. But it just sounds to me like, don't go out or we're coming after you. The, the, even though he, he tried to downplay some of that. And that might have been, you know, political show there, but I, I'm not sure. I'm not in his head. Yeah. Um, so that's what's going on here. So two weeks, going to reevaluate re in another two weeks, which could mean mm, maybe they'll push it farther. I hope not. Uh, but I saw this coming anyway. I've been trying to tell people uh, the two weeks recommendation thing that everybody was trying to do. Nah, guys, they're going to figure out. They're going to lock us down at some point. But uh, 27 cases, excuse me, doesn't seem like uh, enough to be telling people that everybody that we need to be uh, not going outside. Uh, I mean, you could go outside on your property, so to speak, but that, that's what it sounds like to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know that uh, you know. I was listening to uh, Mayor Garcetti out here in uh, out here in Los Angeles, and he was talking about how you know you know they're shutting down all the businesses that are non essential, and that if you're still going to your place of business, then and uh, against the order, then they're actually going to shut off your electricity and water. Um, and and one of the other things he was encouraging, which I I found this very ironic, was that if you're out and about and you see somebody else out and about that shouldn't be then you need to notify the authorities and you should go confront them, which seems interesting that what about the six foot rule? And then if you're out, mm -hmm. aren't you breaking the rules too? So, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's yeah. like, it's, it's one of those things you're like, where's the logic in that? But, but I feel like to a certain degree as well, when you're looking at a lot of these lockdowns, I could understand a local mayor saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to go on lockdown so that way we have enough time to suppress this for a couple of weeks so that way we can get more hospital beds in place and actually have a course of action. But it seems like what they're doing is they're just shutting things down and then just saying that's the end of it until this all gets figured out. It's like, no, it, let, let's just – if we're going to do this, let's do this so that way you can get everything in place to be able to take care of the people who may or may not get sick in the future and get, get all this figured out. Um, and I and I find that kind of concerning that it's just like we're going to shut down. End of story. I tell you what concerns me is what, what you just said because I kind of got that uh, impression from the last guy uh, at our our um, conference. I can't remember his name. The county judge for a lot. He's still he's not out there a lot. But um, you know, and I'm always lecturing people about knowing your officials. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, I think. I, I got the impression that one of the reporters in the room made sure he asked that because, you know, obviously we need to get people out there uh, patrolling themselves and turning people in. But uh, that concerns me that your mayor, also, the mayor also said on your end, um, confront them. Mm -hmm. So now are you going the route of Maxine Waters that you're telling people to go beat those guys up? Because obviously something like that's going to happen in one of those occurrences so now um, you you call and then you get your citizen uh put through your brown shirt uh, all nice and tidied up and go after those people and you subdue them is that what he's saying because it that's not going to turn out well when you've got a bunch of people who's been stuck in the house for three weeks and they're sick and de to death of it mm -hmm. uh that's not good man are we gonna see that nationwide? Yeah, well, we'll see. That, that's 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 what's interesting to me is that to me what that what that is doing is even subliminally it's pitting citizens against other citizens, 
as a, as opposed to hey we're all in this together let's all pull together encourage each other and that sort of thing instead it seems like rat out all these people you know essentially they're the problem go after them all that kind of stuff it's like let's stop pitting everybody against each other and let's come together and let's figure out the right solution to me the right solution if you're going to have these shutdowns have these shutdowns for a temporary limited time so that way you can get your ducks in order so that way we can actually you know beat this thing as opposed to it just being like literally mayor garcetti is literally saying it's going to be probably locked down in los angeles for for probably at least another two months minimum it's crazy yeah, and, and if you got people already irritated, they're out on edge because they have cabin fever. They, uh, you've taken, you've ripped apart their lifestyle of being able to go outside. Because in California, people move there because they want to go outside. All right, this beautiful place, and that. So now you got people that are going to get tired of staying in there. You're going to see them going out, and then you have more angry people who are still hysterical about a, a virus spreading that are going to be confronting it. So to me, you, you cause people to fight each other, so then you could throw them both in jail. Uh, one for fighting, uh, even though you told him to do it, and the other one for violating an order. Uh, in two months, just seems completely unreasonable. I'm, I don't, I, I still am of the impression myself that everybody's going to get this eventually uh, in some form or another. I, I just, it's going, it's going to happen at some point. Uh, do we want to stand the tide of it? Uh, okay, we did that for two weeks. I think that we need to, to get on with it. I really, really do. This is, uh, this is setting us up for some problems here very soon. Yeah, well, you know, and, and there, there's a lot of studies that are out there right now that are actually saying that more than likely millions of Americans have already had coronavirus. It's just a good percentage of the people don't actually show symptoms, which is which is interesting because then that obviously, if that's true, that makes the mortality rate that much lower if millions of people are getting it and they're not showing symptoms. It's just the ones that we're aware of are the ones that are showing these really bad symptoms and that sort of thing. So that that's an interesting, you know, kind of wrinkle into this whole uh, conversation as well. Uh, you know, uh, Lisa Elizabeth over on Facebook is saying, Americans can make decisions for themselves. Our forefathers live, our forefathers lived through a smallpox epi epidemic through the revolution. They didn't have grocery store, grocery stores, pharmacies, or TVs, and they weren't on shutdown e either. I'm sure you know they were all you know staying pretty isolated and things like that. But they were probably still you know going to the store and going into their local towns and things like that. So that's an interesting uh, you know point as well. Yeah, I think that she makes a very good point there. Uh I think that we've, I'm trying not to get in trouble here. Uh, I'm trying to sound kind, but I think that we've made cowards of ourselves now. I mean, we've made ourselves so afraid of everything that we don't want to go out there and just take care of the situation. We've gotten to where we want other people to do it for us. Uh, and I, it's not going to turn out well for us. It, it's not Nobody will be independent thinkers anymore. Like, uh, here's a thing that I see so many people celebrating the stimulus package that was moved through that it's two trillion dollars. <laughs> uh, we there's nothing in there hardly for to help. Supposedly, what this is supposed to be for is to help people. It's not. Uh, but then you have people celebrating because like Americans need relief now. We need twelve hundred per person to. Uh, so that we can weather the storm. But then 
we need to sit there and fund the theater arts there uh, at the JFK uh, place. Uh, we need to uh, fund the refugees, and, and, and there's more more than that. But then you see conservatives are saying, well, we just need to uh, do it anyway. Uh, let's just get through this by passing this. Uh, and, and then you start to see more shelter in places happening after that pass. Uh, and we, we've traded in our liberty uh, for a, a much, much larger cost. And she's absolutely right. We've gotten through much worse than this virus. I think that people's uh, minds have kind of gone down to where uh, they can be easily moved about because authority figures say so uh, and uh, independent thinking's kind of out of the way. And then the biggest thing that you'll start seeing people say now, well, you're not a MAGA supporter uh, if you're not for this bill. That's absolutely false. Uh, uh, you're just not thinking everything through because you think that you got to cheerlead everything just because conservatives passed it, pu pushed it through. Uh, and then, um, uh, Trump signs it. That's not how things work. And uh, we're not supposed to keep quiet just for $1,200 plus the billions in, of other dollars that are going nowhere. Uh, so it, we're going into a self-censorship thing there uh, with a herd mentality. Uh, and it's not going 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 very well for us at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And, and what's interesting about this $2 trillion, uh, you know, bailout bill is that if you actually do the math and you actually you actually look at things, right? Twelve hundred the twelve hundred dollars a month. Number one, it's going to help people in certain parts of the country, and then other pay, other places like New York and California is literally not not even not even going to come close to paying like half of your rent, right? But then but then you start looking at the overall two trillion dollar bill. The amount of money that's going to individual uh, people is very minimal. It's a very small percentage of of the of the overall bill. And, you know, so I started doing the math. What if they had taken the entire $2 trillion and split it up evenly among every man, woman, and child in America? That's 350 million people, right? That would have been $5,000 for every single person in the country if you would have just sent all the money to individuals. So, you know, if you're a family of five, that would have been $25,000. That could have gone to a family of five, right? Instead, a lot of that is going to, you know, you know, corporations and, and friends of politicians and pet projects and airlines and cruise lines and things like that. And so th that to me is also a, an indictment on our political leaders in that they are corrupt. We need to stop, you know, you know, looking to them for solutions because they're just looking to, you know, pad the pockets of a lot of their friends and a lot of their pet industries and things like that instead of actually instead of actually looking out for us. And so maybe let's get the government out of this altogether, stop shutting everybody down, allow people to conduct business, allow people to make decisions for themselves that are the best for them and their families. I mean, more than likely, my wife and I would probably still stay home because that because we feel like that's what's going to be best and safest for us. But l let us be able to make that decision for ourselves and not shut down the entire economy and then come up with uh, big government solutions uh, to these problems. And I think that, again, that, that's really concerning, I think. Right. You know, uh, as I stated before, that a lot of people here stayed home, uh, you know, because I was going out and, and doing things that I needed to be doing, uh, limiting contact and everything, uh, following certain uh, recommendations. And I did not see uh, nearly as much as traffic, even at the highest of points that I should have been seeing. So people were doing things here. Uh, and that's not to say that these so-called uh, essential uh, workers weren't the ones that were out on the streets that I was seeing anyway. But 
uh, most people are going to try and, and do personally something on their own to do it. Uh, but now when, when you start getting into telling people what to do through uh, government figures, that, not, that you're no longer making uh, choices for yourself. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. So, um, you know, kind of as we're wrapping up as well, uh, if, if, we're, if we're looking at the at the grand landscape of everything that's going on and you're looking at, uh, you know, this big government overreach and things like that, do you, fe- do you feel like this is, this is going to hurt the conservative movement in going into the 2020 election um, in any way? Because I think, because I think, you know, an argument could be made that, we're actually providing uh, democratic solutions to the problems instead of conservative solutions to the problems. Do you feel like that's going to affect the 2020 election? Um, I, I think it will. Uh, I'm already seeing independents not, you know, they're fighting against what just happened. Uh, nobody wants to be the bad guy, obviously, because now everybody's hurting, uh, having to call their mortgage companies and their car companies and their credit card companies and beg them not to charge them interest or uh, collect payment, which, you know, those companies got to collect payment. That's why they're in business. But I'm already seeing this, guys. If you were to go in and, and listen to some of these uh, Democrat leaders, um, I, I Pelosi, um, uh, Ilhan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was actually saying that the Republicans were the ones who put this pork in it. They, they're already saying that because now it's passed. Uh, they said, well, this was a Senate-led thing. And, you know, majority of the Senate's Republican. So it's already, already being denied by Democrats that they did this. They tricked <laughs> the gullible Senate senators into uh, passing a bill, then giving it back to the House, and then they voted on it. Yep, we'll take this. Uh, and now they're saying, oh, we didn't do that. It was the Republicans. They're already saying that just hours into this. Uh, so I believe that it is going to hurt, hurt very much so. Uh, and then when we come into another issue like this, well, guys, we already did that. And you know what? Republicans uh, agreed to it and you got no argument. So yes, I believe that it's going to uh, cause a problem in the conservative movement, but don't stop just because it's going to cause a problem. Uh, but yes, look for more projection and a lot of, it's not. It's hard to deny it when the Senate was the one who passed that on the full Senate floor and then handed it off to the uh, Democrat-led House. So they're already, already putting it on because they know it's bad. They know it's bad, but they're saying the Republicans came up with it first. They just agreed to it. Yep. Yep. So totally agree. And so, you know, I, you know, for, uh, think, you know, I really appreciate you coming on and, you know, really diving into a lot of these issues. Again, it's vitally important that I think we just keep talking about them and, you know, to a certain degree, it may be kind of a broken record where we keep talking about the same principles, but the same principles that need to keep being talked to because it's new news, but the same principles that need to be applied. Um, so for everybody out there as well, make sure you guys are, uh, following Dustin on Twitter. Um, as well as uh, his podcast, Battlefront Southgate. I know he'll be having uh, some more episodes coming out soon. Um, but but yeah, so w- w- with your upcoming episodes, wh- what are you working on specifically, you know, topics and things you're going to be diving into and, you know, kind of give people a little bit of a teaser of what's coming? Okay, what's coming is what I just talked about earlier. Uh, we're going to dive into showing you some of the areas that we have found uh, are of concern about how 
the issue came to light to be able to be used in order for it to quickly escalate uh, to where they were able to pass some of the stuff that we see in uh, the stimulus bill. Uh, we'll be talking about event 201 on there. Uh, we'll be uh, we're going to be talking about some of the people that were there at that time, uh, part of that. And uh, we're going to talk about what we, we, we think is happening. Uh, and then, you know, you'll have to decide for yourself. But uh, we're going to present to you some evidence that we believe that this was greatly prepared for. And all they had to do was push out their um, their plan. It, it, they may not have deliberately thrown it out there, but the things were in place because it was a time ready for it to be done. Uh, so we'll be seeing that on the oncoming episodes, and then we're going to talk more about some of the lockdowns that we're seeing. Uh, then we're going to do some exhortation on what we think that you as patriots, as Christians, as citizens of the United States should be doing, especially when things begin to lift. Yeah, definitely. So, so everybody, you know, make sure make sure you guys tune in for that uh, when those uh, come out again. That'll be on the GK Podcast Network. Uh, you can subscribe to you know all of all, all of, you know to us on all the different platforms. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, um, even YouTube here on Facebook. Um, all you know all of that. But and then also too, we've got our plugged in membership, so uh, we've got a lot of content o- over there as well. Uh, but yeah, thanks so much for coming on, Dustin. I, I really appreciate the talk. Really appreciate your perspectives on all these issues. Again, it's vitally important that we keep talking about them. Right, right. Thank you for having me on, so that we continue to say these things because. <clears throat> Remember, if we're not talking about them and when we stop talking about them, uh, people forget and yep. they will. So the narrative can, is able to slip right in when we stop talking. Yep. No, t- totally agree. And then and then for everybody else out there as well, I uh, we mentioned it a little bit earlier here in this podcast. But if you guys want more information on the American conservative movement, uh, J.D. Rucker uh, over at Knock Report and I are kind of putting, t- putting this project together. Um, go go to AmericanConservativeMovement.com. Uh, you guys can sign up for the email list over there. Uh, we've already had thousands of people already sign up. Uh, join that list. Um, but we're going to be coming out with some really cool, really exciting announcements for some stuff that we're putting together to try to combat this big government, liberal, leftist ideology that has really infiltrated into our country. And then we can try to get this country back on track with conservative principles, constitutional principles, and that sort of thing. So again, AmericanConservativeMovement.com. Sign up for the email list. We'll be sending out an announcement here very, very soon uh, with some really cool, really exciting stuff we're working on. Um, and we're really hoping that it'll it'll make a big difference uh, moving forward. So, uh, but yeah, uh, we're going we're gonna to be taking the weekend off of Conversations with Jeff. We'll be back on Monday. We've got Judd Saul from the Enemies Within the Church documentary. We're going to get an update on that. Um, and then Michael Johns on Tuesday. Again, co-founder of the Tea Party. Another, another really cool conversation coming your way. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, stay in God's word. Keep praying. And uh, we will see you guys next week. <laughs>